Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariyah on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. But then if you're just talking bad about somebody just for the sake of talking about them and this is something that you do constantly or consistently, then that also becomes a disease of the heart. So this question then comes and where are the, where is this rooted in? How do we like how do you eradicate all the diseases? How do you make sure that okay, if I'm like, you know, putting a fire down on one disease, another one doesn't spring up. The scholars say that the disease of the heart that kind of makes it where all the, makes room for everything else is called gafla. Gafla means like, some people will translate it as being unaware, okay? Being oblivious or being unaware. But the nature of being oblivious and unaware of something is that no one can hold you accountable for it. So for instance, we're downtown, parking is like horrible. If you didn't see a parking spot, someone can't yell at you and be like, oh, why'd you miss it? I didn't see it. You can't hold me accountable for that. So that's not a very good translation of the word. A good, a better way is when the scholars say that it's literally where you are neglectful of something, right? The thing about neglect is that you recognize that this is a responsibility. You recognize that this is something that I have to do. And you recognize that you recognize all of the parameters that come around this thing and you don't follow suit with it. So now you become held accountable. So you see a parking spot, you acknowledge just a parking spot, you make sure you won't get told in that parking spot, and then you drive past it. And you come back and somebody took it. Whose fault is it? It's your fault. Because you knew and you were aware. Gafla is the type of disease of the heart that when you're not aware of Allah, what ends happening is that you open the door for other things to be able to take that place where God is supposed to be. And that's what gives birth to all the other diseases of the heart. It is for a person to neglect something that they're supposed to maintain. If you have a home that you live in and you don't clean it and you don't maintain it, then it's going to get out of hand. And it's not going to be a, a very sanitary place to live, right? And it will make rise to actual diseases. It is known as being the lack of awareness and attentiveness that a person needs to be able to do good in life. So Allah SWT gave you, for example, the ability to speak words. And instead of using that ability to say good things, you use it to say terrible things. Now, if you are aware of Allah, you're really being God conscious, because that's where we're supposed to be in that state, 
then you would see someone and you would give them a little bit more grace. Why? Because you're thinking about God in that moment. But when you're not thinking about God, that is when you're able to give birth to all of these types of situations. Guffla is not something that happens out of nowhere, though, right? You don't just wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm just not going to pray because I don't want to. You don't wake up and have that feeling. It is like any other disease or like any other thing. It's something that grows and it grows in stages. And the thing about Guffla is that the first stage of it is literally forgetfulness. It's literally, and the nature of forgetfulness is that it's not intentional, you know, it's not necessarily something you planned on doing. You just kind of forgot. You was just unaware in that time. So Allah SWT says in Surah Al-Kah, he says, what's better? He gives the Prophet some this advice. And this advice that, the Prophet, that Allah SWT has given the Prophet it comes at a very pivotal time in his life. So you have that the Quraysh, which is the Meccans at that time, they're torturing and they're being very like, you know, they're torturing, they're being very unwelcoming. They're already unwelcoming to the Muslims, but they are reaching a new level of being unwelcoming. And in addition to that, they're making it seem like to the Prophet sound like he's a crazy person, right? So they're calling him like a poet and they're calling him a, a sorcerer and like all of these ridiculous things. It's like someone comes and they tell you the truth about yourself and you tell them, no, you're crazy. You're crazy. So the Prophet comes to his people, his community, and he's letting them know that, listen, God is one and you should worship God and this is your responsibility. And instead of them saying like, oh, I get it because Allah SWT is one God and because Allah SWT is the greatest, they say, no, you don't know what you're talking about. And if it was the case that you were a prophet, why would God send any random person as a prophet to come to us? Why not send somebody that was greater, someone that was this? Now, what ends up happening is the nature of someone being a hater consistently in your ear, sometimes that ends up kind of getting into your psyche, right? And it ends up making you forget what you really, your true mission is and what your true life is about. And so you start to pick up on the negative things that people are saying. So Allah SWT tells the Prophet don't even fall into that forgetfulness. And he gives him the advice. He says, what's with nafsaka? That you should tie yourself or be patient, but tie yourself with those you should attach yourself to the type of people that remember their Lord in the day and in the night. And this doesn't mean that someone is walking around awkwardly saying, SubhanAllah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, you know, those awkward moments, you know, you meet somebody and they can't stop their dicker to just simply say hi. You know, it happens a lot in our African community. <laughs> that awkward moment. So it's not saying that, you know, you, you become an awkward person in that way. What it's saying is that you're in the state of remembrance. Being in the state of something and doing something is different, right? You can be in the state of remembrance and then you can actually like actively remember God. So uh, an active way of remembering Allah is like praying, for example. An active way of remembering Allah is like reading Quran, right? But being in the state of remembrance is, for example, where you would have wanted to react to a situation in one way, but you know your religion doesn't want you to. So you decide not to do that. That's being in the state of remembrance. So Allah SWT tells the Prophet that they're saying all of these negative things, they're treating you in this way. Don't forget who God truly is to you. 
And in order for you to not forget that, you should attach yourself or make yourself friends with people who are always in the state of the remembrance of Allah. Why yuriduna wajha? Because they want to see the pleasure of God. They want they want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they want to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's like face, but what that means is they want to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have um, be happy with them. They want to see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is content with them. And then it says, anhum, and don't turn your eyes away from them. Meaning, like, don't go and wander into someone else's situation. Why? To Because those people, they want this world. They want the money, they want the glitz, the glam, that they want to be immoral, they want all of that. And it's gonna seem like they're living it up, right? It's gonna seem like they're having like a great life. But in reality, they're forgetting the one thing that is so important, and that is Allah. And then Allah SWT says, And don't follow those who are very much so heedless to our reminder. The Quran comes and reminds us of the things that we're going to forget. It reminds us that, hey, listen, I know you've gotten into a slump, but you need to be more grateful to God, right? And that's why Allah SWT gives the, the incentive that if you're grateful to him, he will surely increase you. These are incentives. Why? Because as human beings, it's very normal and natural to be forgetful, but there's something to remind you. That's why the Quran is called a dhikr, the, the, the reminder, the remembrance. And Allah SWT then follows it up and ends it off this ayah. And he says, And these people, they follow their own desires. Now, we talk about people following their own desires, and it becomes such an interesting conversation. Because it's like, when we say follow your own desires, what does that even mean? Well, what it means is that you're willing to sacrifice every single thing for what you want, not realizing that Allah subhanahu wa knows better what you need, right? So Allah subhanahu wa puts certain things in our life, certain parameters, certain boundaries, or tells us to do certain things or asks us to stay away from certain things for the simple purpose of our betterment. It doesn't do God any good whether or not we do them or not. That it's not for, it's not for him to grow, it's for us to grow in our relationship with him. And so Allah SWT says that the people that you surround yourself with are 100% a part of whether or not you're gonna let forgetfulness mutate into heedlessness, or you will let forgetfulness happen and then boom, stop it right there. Because if you're around people that are gonna remind you and they're gonna tell you, hey, like I know you're going through a hard time, but don't forget God is with you. Or, hey, I know that was a really difficult situation, but you went a little bit too far by talking about this person. Or they say to you, hey, I know that, you know, you've been trying, but these are areas that you can try a little bit more in. If you don't have good friends around you that are going to give you good advice and they're going to actually be there for you in that way in your relationship between you and God, it's very easy for you to slip into something much worse than what you were. So take the example of prayer. You could forget to pray. It's a very much so thing that could happen. If you're not quick to make up that prayer and you're not quick to be diligent about it the next time it happens or the next time it almost happens or to make sure that it doesn't happen again, then guess what? The next time it does happen, you're going to go, oh, yeah, it happened before. I'm okay. But I can make it up. You'll make effort, but you're not making as much effort to it. 
But when you're when you're with people that will remind you of it, you won't even have that moment of forgetting, right? So the first stage of gafla is just forgetfulness. And in this stage, you're actually not held accountable for it because you forgot. And the nature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all merciful. And when someone makes a mistake and they repent for that mistake, then God's like, you're good to go. It was a mistake, you forgot, you're fine. But then we said it's a disease, right? The next thing that it does is that it mutates and it becomes negligence. At this point, you are held accountable. Negligence is where you, for example, I have a laptop. Everybody knows I'm really bad with my devices, okay? I'm great with, no, I'm not great with my phone. Alhamdulillah, Allah protected, inshallah. But you have a laptop, all right? You don't get a case for it, fine. That's okay, maybe you hold it very tight. You leave it on your lap while you're in the car, you get out, drop it. Whose fault was that? Should your laptop be on your lap with you driving? No. So you're acting reckless. Therefore, your laptop is broken. It is your fault because you're acting reckless, right? Negligence is when you have a responsibility to take care of something or to be aware of something and you decide not to do that. You make a very active decision to not do it. So you know you have to pray, you know that's something that you need to do, and you make an active decision to say, I'm not going to pray. That is being neglectful, and that is not okay. And the thing is that with neglectfulness is that you have these blessings that Allah SWT has given you, and those blessings are meant for you to do good, and you actively choose to do something that is not good. And this is where the majority of the diseases of the heart come and they fester. This is where you get envy. This is where you get backbiting. This is where you get stealing. This is where you get committing major sins because you've actively chosen to do those things with the blessings that Allah SWT has given you. The example that Allah SWT talks about in the Quran about in, in terms of this particular section of neglectfulness is where he usually talks about people that he has shown many signs to. And when we think about signs, we think about like huge miracles, okay? We think about babies talking and like the sea splitting and Allah SWT bring a she camel outside of, out of a, a mountain. These are great signs. They're true. They happen. They're stories of the prophet. But a lot of the signs that Allah SWT talks about, honestly, is stuff like the rain that's outside, right? Look at the rain. He says things like, look at the sky and how it's been risen. Do you see that there are anything like any streams that are holding it together? You don't. So how could you think that anything else created it? Allah SWT says to the believers, to the, to the people, to the ummah, to the world, that you should travel in the lands and see what God has created. Because that reminds you that there is no better creator than Allah. There's no other creator than Allah. Allah SWT brings them to logically, bring signs to them. And he says that how could you say that there are multiple partners of God and if it was the case that there are multiple gods, you will find that they will argue. Why? Because people that have different ideas about something and power, they don't ever stay. They, that's what they say, like, two cooks can't be in the kitchen. And if you have, like, you know, my mom's here, so it's really awkward. But if you have, like, an African mother, you know that. You know that. Have you ever tried to help your mom in the kitchen? All you're doing is cutting onions. That's it. Let's just say that. That's your only job. Right? Because two cooks can't be in the kitchen. It's gonna get really, it's gonna get really spicy. Let's just say that. So Allah says that how could you think that there are multiple creators 
if and if you saw that if it was true if that happened there would be a lot of like fighting amongst gods and that's not befitting of a god and so Allah is bringing all of these signs to them all of them in the Quran he's bringing it he's quoting all of these things he's using their experience to call them to understanding that not only should you submit to Allah, but you should follow what God has told you to do because of because of his, you know, his greatness, because he is God. And then they have the nerve to call out little things. Imagine someone provides you a sound like 1700 page article and lifelong experience and everything about why you should live your life a certain way. And then you point out one little thing that is not even inaccurate. So for them, they can't point at anything. They can't pop Allah's bubble by any means. So they point at one thing. And they say, well, how come a messenger is coming to us and they have this greatness of divine revelation, but they eat just like we do? How crazy is that? Or they walk in the marketplace just like we do. And Allah's response to them, is that there has never been a messenger or a prophet that's come down, except for the fact that God has made them eat and made them be people that go to the marketplace because if Allah SWT wanted angels to come down, he would have made this world for angels. But he brings a human being as our prophet. Why? So that we can be able to relate. And then Allah SWT says about them that he says, that there's a lot of human beings and jinns that are gonna be in the hellfire, right? Typically we shy away from talking about verses of hell because it's, it's, it's done a lot. But it's important to realize why Allah SWT is saying that. He says they're gonna be filled with it. Why? Because they have hearts that they don't use as reasoning. We think that logic lies inside of our brain, but logic is really in your heart. The reason why is because your fitra, your moral compass is inside of your heart. And your moral compass is what gives you that gut feeling. You know, the feeling where you're like, mm, this doesn't seem right. I don't really know, but it doesn't seem like I should do this, right? Your head, your brain doesn't give you logic because it's full of emotion. It's full of emotion. You, are an emotion, you can be an emotional thinker. You can logically process something and your mind will tell you, do the opposite. You can logically process that the GPS is telling you to make a left. And for some reason, your mind tells you, no, it's okay. You'll be fine. Make a right. For some reason, logically, you process it. The right way to go is to make a left. But for some reason, my brain has emotionally told me to make a right. Those are the worst type of drivers, by the way, because they get mad at the GPS at the end of the day. They're like, this is ridiculous GPS, blah, blah, blah. No, it's your fault. So reason, logic actually lies within the heart. And another place that, another thing that is a placeholder in the heart is actually Iman. So it goes hand in hand. Your faith is inside of your heart. And because your faith is inside of your heart, that is what dictates your moral compass. And so Allah SWT says, we have given them hearts, but they don't use it to reason. Imagine you have a knife and you have a spoon. You have a knife and you have a spoon. And you go for the spoon, to, you go for the knife to eat pudding doesn't make sense, right? So if someone cuts your lip because they use the knife to eat pudding when the spoon is right there, whose fault is it? It's their fault. So Allah says, we gave them a heart to reason with, 
and they don't use it to reason. And then he says, And we gave them eyes and they don't use it to see. It's not saying someone is blind. Like Allah SWT gave you eyes that are functioning. And you, instead of using it to see Allah SWT's blessing and see the true truth of God and to see that, okay, God is telling me not to do this thing and it may be because of this reason or that reason, you choose to look the other way. That is being neglectful. That is not okay. And then Allah SWT says, وَلَهُمْ أَذَانٌ لَا يَسْمَعُونَ بِهَا And they have ears that they don't use to hear with it. That these, these signs of God come to you Allah SWT is sending you reminders and you're hearing it, but you choose to like shut your ears off. You choose to let it go into one ear and not the other. And then he says, that these people, they're like cattle. And then he says, actually they're more astray than cattle because cattle, at least we know that they're deaf, dumb and blind. And that's how they're created. But they still follow what God has asked them to do. But human beings, God gave you reasoning. He gave you will. He gave you understanding. He gave you all of these things for you to be a better person. And you choose not to do what's right with it. Which means that's why Allah says that they're even more astray. These are people who are amongst those who are very heedless. They're neglectful. We, in our job, we have a running list of Muslim vocabulary terms. And heedlessness is on the top of it because we're like, nobody knows what heedlessness is until they're Muslim. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it. But it means to be neglectful. Another word on that is circumbobulation, which means to do to off, go into circles. Yeah, no one uses that word. Supplication, who says that? Nobody, okay? No one says that. Ablution, what is that? So literally a running list called Muslim terms, okay? <laughs> Works in word games, but it does not work in like the real life, you no? Know? So that's one of them, heedlessness, right? Allah says, They're the people, these are the people that embody being neglectful. You have all of these things that God has given you and you choose not to do right by them. But believe it or not, that's not the worst stage for someone to be in. Because at least there's some, it may feel like there's possible some way of coming back. Perhaps maybe you may try to logic out of it. You may try to actually use your reasoning. You may actually try to listen to what Allah SWT is saying. You may actually try to use your faculties. But the third step of the third stage of Ghafla and the worst stage of Ghafla is actually when you feel like you void a feeling. You no longer even feel like you're required to be a decent human. That's the worst stage to be in. Because you've let this disease fester so much so then now everything is someone else's fault. I don't have to pray. I don't have to fast. I don't have to be nice. I don't have to be kind. I don't have to be good to my family. I don't have to do any of these things. Why? Because you've now made yourself above it. You've made yourself above what Allah has asked you to do. Allah says, that people are, as we get closer and closer to like people being taken into account to their actions, they turn away, like every day we're getting closer and closer to the day of judgment. This is what Allah SWT is saying. Every day we're getting closer and closer to the day of judgment. 
And this is not meant to be scary. It's just a reality. It's a fact. A statement of fact is every day that you live, you're getting closer to death. Like, it's a statement of fact. And so Allah SWT says, instead of recognizing that statement of fact and making effort towards the path that you're going on, what are people doing? They're turning away and they're being oblivious to it. Now, this oblivion that people are pulling themselves into is making themselves feel like, oh, I'm not going to die. God can't take me into account. And you think that that's like a super blasphemous thing to say, but that's exactly the thing that the Meccans said. They literally told the Prophet that there is no way that God will take us into account for our actions, because how can somebody keep track of that? Right? But you think that they're the first people that said that? The people of Musa Islam said that too. And you have people now in our time that we exist with who think that way and carry themselves in that way. So Allah SWT says that as the day is coming, people is coming closer and closer, people are becoming more and more farther away. Why? Because they're just living in oblivion. Oh, it's going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. And he says about them, sorry, my internet went out. He says about them, مَا يَأْتِيهِمْ مِنْ ذِكْرٍ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ مُحْدَثٍ إِلَّا he says that there's not a time that they get this revelation that comes to them. Whenever revelation, whenever the Prophet tells them to do something, whenever you read the Quran, you see that. Sometimes it doesn't even have to be through Sunnah and Quran. Sometimes it's literally just a sign from God. Like literally, it's a feeling, it's something that you know. And you, you know that this is what Allah SWT is telling you to do. That they take this reminder and they just go, they listen to it carefully and they go and play about it. They play, they just make it a game. This is the worst state to be. It's the worst state to be because you don't feel remorse. There's no remorse there. Now you, you've taken everything that God has made sacred and you say it's not sacred anymore. It's okay, I'll be fine. The world will be fine. Heedlessness is not good because it voids you of emotion. It voids you of a connection to God. And it's not saying that Allah is not there, you're the one who stops showing up. You don't show up for your you don't show up for your relationship with Allah. And then when things get really rough and you hit rock, rock bottom, you start asking yourself, well, where was God? The question is, where were you? Why didn't you show up for yourself? Why didn't you show up for your relationship with Allah? So these are the dangers of someone being in this state. And one of the things that Allah SWT says to kind of cure yourself from it is that he says for you to reflect on yourself. It's not to throw a pity party. Please don't, it's not cute. Do not throw a pity party, okay? It's just reflect because every human being is human and human beings make mistakes and human beings have flaws. And so you reflect on yourself and you say, okay, what are some things that I can do better? What are some parts of me that I need to do better? And you start chipping away at it, right? You start working on it. The Prophet Sam gave the advice that when you're working on something with yourself and spirituality, sa'atan wa sa'atan. You take it one step at a time. One step at a time. It's not saying you leave here today and you say, you know what? All day I'm going to be in the All day. Somebody will have a conversation with me. Immediately I'm going to start doing the That's not what it's saying. Okay? You're gonna, I'm going to always be in a state of prayer. Somebody tries to talk to me, I'm like, hold on, I have to pray two rakas first, and then we can talk. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is that you are evaluating yourself, and you take it one step at a time. One step at a time, and you keep working on yourself. 
the next thing, the next kind of thing that we can do to help ourselves is we should make dua. I know that seems like a cop-out, but like that's the best thing. You know, you turn to your relationship between you and God. You turn to Allah SWT as the one that can help you through everything. A dua that the scholars particularly ask, tell us to make in this kind of state is the dua that says, is the dua that says, Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqa, O Allah, show us truth as truth. Wa, um, sorry. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqa, wa arina al-batila batila, and show us falsehood as falsehood, and li ishtinabihi, and allow us to be able to follow it, okay? Allow us to be able to follow the truth. The reason why this is very important is because gafla or like this heedlessness being unaware, you don't know what's true anymore. You know, you don't know what's real anymore. You don't know what's true anymore. And so you want God to just show you, right? Allah, show me that this is the true thing that I'm supposed to do. Show me that this is the right thing that I'm supposed to do. Show me that this is who I'm supposed to work towards being, right? The, the last thing is to work on, we already talked about being having good friends. I think that's very important. But the last thing is to work on dicker. I know I've been saying you don't have to be in the state of dicker all the time, but you should do it. And what that means is mindful dicker, like saying alhamdulillah, 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 but not understanding what alhamdulillah means. It's good that you're saying it, but you need to work on that level of being mindful. So when you're saying all praise and thanks is due to Allah, which is what alhamdulillah means, what are you thanking God for? I'm thanking him for my clothing. I'm thanking him for my life. I'm thanking him for, you know, my home. I'm thanking him for my job. I'm thanking him for my family. You are literally engaging your heart with dhikr. You can engage your tongue, but your heart is what needs to be engaged. When you say Allahu Akbar, why are you saying Allahu Akbar? What does that mean? Well, it means Allah is greater than. What is Allah greater than? Allah is greater than this problem that I'm going through. Allah is greater than this job that I don't want to be at. Allah is greater than the situation that's coming up in my life. That's what you're saying, right? When you say hasbi Allahu wa ni'mal wakil, that God, I'm sufficient. Allah is sufficient for me. And he's the one who is the best of people to like, to depend on. Why are you saying that? Well, I'm saying that because it seems like life is really difficult right now. And I need to just align myself with being content with what Allah SWT has put on my plate. And I need to depend on him as my protector, as the one that's going to get me through this. This is active and mindful dhikr. The Prophet says that shaitan sits at the heart of a believer. And when they're not in the state of remembrance of Allah, that's when he does waswasa. That's when he starts to whisper to you, right? The moment you finish praying and you're like about to do your dhikr, that split moment where you like your mind goes somewhere for half a second, and you pick up your phone, you realize you've been on TikTok for two hours, you never did your liquor, that's Shaytan. Split moment, split moment. Pick up your phone. You pick it up, next day comes, go. You're like, wait, I don't really think I made dua after that prayer. That's Shaytan. It happens that quick. You lay down in bed to do your duas before you go to sleep. You pick up your phone for one second. What happens? Gone. Forget sleep. You're not sleeping no more, okay? You're going to watch someone remodel their whole house. Right? That's shaitan. He doesn't want you to do that. So remember, remember that that split second is everything for you. It's not just one second. That can be two hours. 
And so I pray that Allah SWT allows us to benefit from everything that we heard here today. I pray that Allah SWT forgives us all of our shortcomings. May Allah SWT allows us to be people who are constantly in His remembrance. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika, nashadu wa la ilaha ila anta, nasta wa natubu ilayhi wa zakum wa khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.